And welcome once again to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your day today. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That has been my life verse ever since I can remember having a life verse. And uh, it has always encouraged me to always abound in the work of the Lord. We should not be backing up. We should not be staying the same, uh, but we should be looking for opportunities each and every day to always abound in the work of the Lord. And what a great promise that is that our labor is not in vain. And uh, I love that verse, and I thank God for that verse. And uh, that verse is the premise for which we have this podcast. And I hope each and every time you listen uh, to this podcast that uh, we are encouraging you to do something in your life, in your home, in your family, in your ministry, in whatever you're doing, that uh, it'll help you to always abound in the work of the Lord. Well, things are going well here in the country of Uganda. I want to thank you so much for your prayers and uh, your support on our behalf. And uh, God's doing some wonderful, wonderful things here. We're excited about the opportunities that we have for teaching. Thank you so much for praying for my wife. Uh, She's uh, continuing to improve from her knee surgery and uh, uh, the different things that she's been going through. Um, I am slowly by slowly getting over this uh, effect of the uh, malaria that I had. still have a little bit of uh, cough, a little bit of uh, hang up in my throat, and so uh, you'll hear that in my voice just a little bit in this podcast, so I apologize about that. But uh, thank you so much for your prayers, your support. We could not do it without you. And uh, once again, I say that uh, if you want to know more about our ministry or more about what we're doing, uh, you can go to our website, kstensisfamily.com, and uh, you can uh, subscribe to our prayer letter. You can also uh, see the different ministries that we're involved with here so that you might better know how to pray and how to be involved in our ministry. Well, as you know, we've been going through the book of James and uh, looking at practical Christian living, looking at different uh, principles uh, on how that we can always abound in the work of the Lord, things that can help us uh, to better accomplish that. Remember uh, that when uh, one day we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to give an account for the work and the labor uh, that we have done for the Lord. And I believe that work and labor is how we have spent our life influencing people for the cause of Jesus Christ, whether it's winning, whether it's preaching the gospel, whether it's discipleship, doing whatever you can to help people uh, prepare one day to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, and so we've been involved in that. We just uh, got into chapter three uh, in our last podcast and a lot of good things there. But today we're going to take a break from that uh, because we have a special guest with us. And uh, every once in a while, we have the opportunity to interview uh, someone on our podcast. And uh, so we're going to be interviewing uh, a man who uh, I met uh, just this last furlough, had the opportunity of uh, going to his home church, uh, Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Missouri. And uh, actually, the way I met this gentleman was he was inviting me to be on his podcast. And uh, so now I have the opportunity to return that and invited him to be on my podcast. And so, Brother Lee Cadenhead, thank you so much uh, for being a part of our podcast here. And uh, welcome to Uganda. Thank you, Brother Keith. It is good to be here in Uganda. I didn't expect that this would have materialized this juncture, but it's a blessing to see the work here and get to visit the country of Uganda. I I need to 
I need to, you have made me a Missourian uh, in your introduction, but I am a Tennessean. Uh, you're so, a little bit slower Car- draw. Carthage, Carthage <laughs> Tennessee. I've got to correct, I've got to, I've got to make sure you get the right cornerstone in the right place. That's, yeah, that's cornerstone go. in Carthage, Tennessee. Yeah. Did, what did I say? You said Missouri. <laughs> did I say Carthage, Missouri? Yeah. Oh man. No worries. No worries. That's, I'm not, a, I'm not offended because see, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not actually a volunteer. It's uh it's, it, there's no, no you're a transplant there. I'm a, I'm a transplant, <laughs> but I am a transplant to Tennessee. And you Missouri. know why I said Carthage, Missouri is because uh, the, the man who used to be the African director of BIM, my brother, Ron Bragg, is from Carthage, Missouri. I and, think uh, every state in the union has a Carthage, believe th- it or I not. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, but no yes, worries. Carthage, Tennessee. There we go. <laughs> Got you in the right place. Thank you so much yeah. for that. Um, Brother Lee, you, uh, and, and the reason I wanted to bring you on uh, the podcast here is uh, you, you actually, uh, I'm trying to remember the month. I'm, I'm wanting to think it was around no, October, November or something of 2020. Wasn't that? I think that was when I was back there because that's when I was back there on furlough. And, uh, and so that would have been um, about a year and a half, almost two years ago. Okay. And uh, since that time that you interviewed me, you at that time you were one of the associate pastors there That's right. at the church. And uh, I had no idea that you were interested in the mission field or going to missions or whatever of that. But now you've been in Zimbabwe, having raised your support, finished deputation, and you've been in Zimbabwe now for how long? Uh, six and a half weeks. <laughs> six and a half weeks. <laughs> six weeks or so, yeah. So would it be too much to say that the last couple of years have been a whirlwind? A whirlwind, no doubt. A whirlwind, <laughs> to say the least. That's 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 crazy. Uh, yeah. I, You know, I, I remember when, back in 96, when we went on deputation, we were we were able to raise our support in 18 months. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and people, even back then, said it couldn't be done. And uh, but I, I just believe when you when you put your heart into it and you treat it as a full-time job, I think it can be done. But you proved that it can be done even because you even did it faster than that. How, how fast did you raise your support? We did it in about a year. We did our very first meeting in February of 21, and we had our very last meeting in February of 22. Wow. Uh, and Praise so and we, we bid our farewells in March of uh, 22 and, and left uh, Nashville Airport on March 28th. Wow. And so we've been in uh, Zimbabwe since that time. Have wow. a great Praise time. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I've been following your prayer letter and, uh, and you know, it's just amazing just how God has just worked and, and met this need and met that need. Now you, uh, you, in your ministry, you pastored first in Alabama, is that correct? That's right. I pastored in Alabama for and, and, 12 and a half years. Okay. And then from there, you went up and worked with uh, in, in, in Carthage, Tennessee. With Pastor Ron Ralph. Uh, with Pastor That's Ron right. Ralph and uh, as an associate pastor. And you worked in that ministry in missions, right? That you were, and, I don't know if they called you a missions pastor, but that's kind of your, what your forte was. In large part, that's, yeah. that's what I was there and doing at Cornerstone. Okay. Cornerstone has a tremendous missions program yes. 
And uh, I've had a heart for missions for a long time yes, as sir. a pastor. God cultivated that in my heart. And so I got to go to, to one of the great missions churches in America yeah. to, to participate in the great missions outreach that yes. they have there. Yeah. Um, I, I had the opportunity of spending uh, about four days there and uh, getting to know Brother Ron Ralph and, and uh, attended the, the services there. And we've been, the, we've been so blessed Sure. Because of that ministry, just with those four days that we were there, I was just overwhelmed yeah. uh, by what God has done there. And, it, and if you ever see this church in Carthage, Tennessee, it is literally in the middle of nowhere. Right. I mean, even even the town of Carthage is just a, a hole in the wall, basically. Sure. I'm surprised you guys even have a Walmart. And, <laughs> but, but even your Walmart is way out of town. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's not... I tell you that the... the you have to go to Carthage on purpose. There's not there's that not much no there, doubt. but there's a great church and 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 God's it's it's the Lord's doing. Praise the is. Lord. Praise yeah. the Lord. Now, so what what uh, what influenced you for Zimbabwe? Uh, you you've been involved with missions. You've had a heart for missions, no doubt. You've had hundreds and hundreds of missionaries uh, come through the church there. Uh, what 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 did God use in your life to get you uh, concerned about Zimbabwe? So uh, to to abbreviate the story, I I had my introduction to African missions back in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. I we had um, I'd met a missionary had come through the church, uh, just said that they accommodated American pastors uh, from time to time to teach pastor refresher courses in the country of Zambia. Okay. And so um, I, I just seized upon the opportunity. I had very little foreign missions exposure at the time. Okay. Um, the, the church that I pastored, they didn't really have a missions program mm-hmm. uh, when I went there, but it's something that God put in my heart uh, virtually right away. Yeah. And so the opportunity to go and just be a part of that, I just jumped on it. And uh, it was... Th- that exposure in 2008 was outstanding. It mm. was it was so good for me. I learned a lot about missions, but one of the unexpected things that happened on that trip is that I, after the the ministry, the major ministry portion of the trip was over, we took a, a quick trip across the country to Livingston, uh, the the city of Livingston, okay. to, to see the Victoria Falls. Yeah. Something that God made. And I hap- that sits on the Zambezi River. That, right. that little town sits on the Zambezi mm-hmm. River right across from the country of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. And there was a, a Filipino uh, church planting missionary that I met. He invited me to preach at their church in the midweek service. And this man was seeing uh, Zimbabwean refugees flood across their border there into Livingston, fleeing mm-hmm. political persecution, uh, fleeing economic collapse, Zimbabwe was in really bad condition in 2000, yes. uh, 2008. Um, and, and so I actually developed a, a burden for the country wow. back at that time. And I don't think that I, I knew anything about mm-hmm. Zimbabwe prior to that, but um, I made a connection with a national pastor in Zimbabwe mm-hmm. and was able to go in in 2016 to do okay. some uh, teaching in some rural areas, okay. took a team in in 2018, and then went to see... Uh, missionary Jeffrey Porter yes. in 2020, mm-hmm. right before COVID shut everything down. Yeah. And so it was late 2020, actually, probably around the same time that, that you and I yeah. had that uh, had our meeting right, and, right. and did that interview right. that the Lord touched my heart about, about going into Zim full time. Isn't that something? Praise yeah. the Lord. Now, what, um, <clears throat> let's, uh, so we've, we've seen how God moved you to, to Zimbabwe. 
now you've you've made that surrender. You've you've let your pastor know, um, and so you're getting ready to start to raise your support. And uh, you've already mentioned you raise your support in a year. What? Uh, just just give me. I, I know there's probably a, several things, but what what were a couple of things that you found that helped you? If if there's somebody right now listening to this podcast who is maybe getting ready to start deputation, or maybe they're learning about missions and deputation. You know, you, you've got some missionaries out there that I know that have been on deputation for three years and four years, some even five years. And, and, uh, and I know for a lot of pastors that it becomes very suspect, you know, what's, what's going on there. Sure. And, and I know um, our fellow friend, uh, Brother Thomas Irvin, he raised his support in 18 months. Uh, we did ours in 18. You did yours in 12. Uh, it's unheard of. It's 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 not normal. And so, what are a couple of things that that you implemented in your in your ministry in your life on deputation that helped you to uh, to accomplish that in such quick order? Well, first of all, and and I don't think that this is necessarily re- reproducible. I I do feel like I was at an advantage having pastored yes. for many years mm-hmm. and having developed relationships in ministry with other pastors. You know, a, a young man that's that's getting started with deputation won't have those connections, right. so it's difficult to reproduce that. I would say that I do think, well, some of those guys that are spending three and four years, they're doing deputation by the seat of their pants. Right. They're, they're, There's no plan. They're dropping in yeah. from place to place. They're bouncing from camp meeting to camp meeting yeah. and, and, and then harassing pastors that have never yeah. met them before. I, I don't want to... Uh, I don't want I to be unfair yeah. to these to these guys, but have a plan by yes. all means. Have a plan. Yeah. Uh, here's 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 number one. Okay, number one, get you a good calendar mm-hmm. and use yeah. the calendar right. Right, and uh, try your best to do things regionally, uh, so as not to uh, so as not to wear out the road unnecessarily. Right. You don't want to be traveling sure. cross country. Uh, between meetings, if you can avoid it, I, sure. I think there are some things just using some common sense mm-hmm. that will that will make the process uh, more efficient. But I also, brother Keith, I don't think that there's a cookie cutter for it either. Sure. I think you've got to know your strengths. Mm-hmm. You've got to know. Uh, you, you've got to begin with your connections with sure. your with the network that you're a part of in your local church and your pastor right. or your mission board or whatever the case may be. Right. And uh, I think you've got to get the mind of God and and do as the Lord leads you, but work it. And, yes. and when I say work it, just you know, exercise some discipline. Yes. If you're getting on the phone, if you're sending emails, if whatever your whatever your format is, right. Um, get organized. Yes. yes. Get organized. Now, did you um, did you are you completely? In, in other words, does your support go to your home church, or do you have a mission board that you use? What What did you do there? We do not have a mission board. Okay. Our local church there at Cornerstone, we've got about a dozen uh, full-time uh, missionaries out of our out of our church. So okay. we've definitely got a, a great system for, and, and the infrastructure and the leadership yeah. uh, to do that in a really orderly way. So I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have my local church be able yeah. to handle those things for us. Do you, um, and I know there's strong feeling on both ends of this, um, do you feel that that was an advantage for you as you get out, or do you find that it was a disadvantage? What, how, how do you feel about that? I, I do. I think it depends on what sort of uh, circle that you're operating in, perhaps. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I could see how having a mission board would give you certain connections that maybe you would lack otherwise. In our case, I think that it was to our advantage not to have a mission board because it didn't put us, it it left our circle more broad. Yes. If if I could put it that way. Sure. Uh, Furthermore, not only did I not have a mission board, I also didn't have, I'm not saying that this is necessarily So you could go to Church of God and Presbyterian churches and things like that. Yeah. Well, I I actually, I didn't, I also didn't have a a Baptist Bible college education. My, My education was essentially in, ministry um and 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 i was green as a gourd when i went to pastor a country church at the age of 22 in 2005 Uh, but i did get ministry experience that way yes and um uh, when i when i contacted pastors and i didn't have to do a lot of cold calling because of the uh because of the relationships that i developed over the years but when i did contact a pastor you know as far as uh where'd you go to school and what mission board you're with that did, that didn't open any doors for me, but it didn't close any good. doors for me either. That's so. good. That's good. Um, yeah, I remember even back in the '90s, it, was, it it always seemed like those were the two questions they wanted to ask you: where you went to school and what board you were with. You know, well, it does tell you a lot and about a it, guy. Well, it does. Yeah. It does, and that's why I was wondering if it was a, an advantage or a disadvantage to you. But uh, Amen. So let me ask you this, Brother Lee. Um, you, I, I, I came in the '90s. Uh, it was a lot different back then. We didn't have internet. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any of that kind of stuff. Um, as you have, again, talking to someone who might be listening, who's interested in missions or a new missionary, what were some things that you did uh, to prepare yourself, to prepare your family uh, for coming to a third world country like Zimbabwe? What are, what are some things that you did in in uh, so that your transition to this country would be smooth or smooth as possible in Africa. Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to say, Brother Keith, my, my transition to, to Zimbabwe has been as, as smooth as I think that it possibly could have, could have been. Mm-hmm. I think that that is owing in large part to, to two things that, that, um, that, that worked out for us in advance. Number one was having been to that field multiple times Mm. before I brought my family in. So I had more exposure. I do think that uh, a young man that takes a two week mission trip, survey trip to a Mm -hmm. field and then, and then moves his family there permanently. I think that, that that's, I think if you can get more exposure, more protracted exposure, either through multiple trips or a lengthier uh, survey, I think that you would be an advan- an ad- at an advantage, not only yeah. because of the learning curve and just getting some exposure to what you're getting into, mm-hmm. but also making some connections and networking with some people that are already on the ground in the place that you're going to. Yeah. And that's the second thing, not only the multiple trips into Zimbabwe, but uh, missionary Jeffrey Porter has been there for the last 12 years. Prior yes. to that, he was in South, South Africa, Africa. Yeah. for quite a long time. And so uh, Brother Porter has been invaluable to our family Amen. as we've come in because he's offered uh, any assistance that, yeah. he, that he possibly could. And just as, a, as a quick, an anecdote that to, to illustrate how the right. Lord works some of these things out, uh, Brother Porter was, he and Miss Cindy were camping in one of the, in one of the nature 
preserves there, one mm-hmm. of the national parks in Zimbabwe, and some baboons got into their tent while they were out on a game drive. Wow. Tore everything up, made a mess. And so all of their groceries had been uh, stolen or eaten, et cetera, by these baboons. And so there was another couple that was uh, camping in the park, came to their aid, provided some groceries so that they were not without. Wow. Well, that couple happened to be from the city of Mutari. Well, uh, Jeff was very appreciative. He took a gift by this, uh, the, some, some groceries or some kind of gift by yeah. this couple to express his appreciation. Well, that uh, couple that he connected with is our landlord right wow. now. Wow. So th- this family actually, and not only us, but we brought another family from our local church with us yes. on a what is going to end up being a two-and-a-half-month survey trip for them. Yes. And so we're actually staying at the same property. When I came into Zim, I was able to immediately demonstrate proof of address. I didn't even realize wow. how important that would oh, be yes. yeah. in getting paperwork done. And, Just getting a post office box or anything. Yeah, oh, every, everything. Yeah. Not registering our automobile, which mm-hmm. that's another thing. Yeah, the Lord allowed me to get an automobile, purchase a vehicle when I was here in 2020. Wow. Well, now we've got the issue of storing the vehicle. Well, Brother Jeff had made a connection. Um, just, you know, how these networks work in, in Uh foreign, in a, in a foreign field like that. He had made a connection with a family that lives in Harare that Mm -hmm. was willing to, and this, these kind of people not only stored our vehicle, they made sure that, that it was, uh, serviced and, and taken care of in our absence while while we waited to get to the field. So several of those major, major logistical considerations, Mm -hmm. housing, automobile, these kinds of things, they were arranged before my, co- my family wow. entered Praise the country. The and that was largely owing to um, those, those two factors, having made multiple trips into the country and having worked with uh, a missionary that had already been there and learned the ropes. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> you, have, uh, you have older children, uh, teenagers. Is that... I, I've, got, I've got six children. Mm-hmm. My, I've got, they're in two sets. They're, they're okay. three older boys and then three younger, two, two boys and a girl. And there's a gap of age between them. But two, my, my two oldest, uh, that was probably the, the most difficult part. If there were a difficult part of our transition, yeah. our two oldest, we left stateside. Yeah. They're, they're young adults. So how did you, um, when, when I came, I came with a 10-month-old. So he, had, he knew nothing. He didn't have any friends. He didn't have, how did, how did you prepare your children uh, to, I mean, they're, they, they've got their church. They've got their friends. They've got their environment. How, how did you prepare your children for the mission field and, and leaving all that behind? In, in the case of my 16-year-old that came with us, I think the transition for him has probably been the, the biggest challenge of all of the children because he's got a lot more connections uh, stateside, um, a lot deeper connections stateside. He's in a different stage of life and so right. forth. Um, Owen was the first, out, outside of my wife and my pastor, Owen was the first person that I shared with uh, what was on my heart about coming into Zimbabwe. Yeah. He had a, at that time, he had a little lawn business that he was operating and, uh, that was going to be something that he was going to have to, to give up for the cause. And, and so I wanted to, to prepare him as early as, as was possible. I wanted him to be able to process the move because he was obviously going to come with us. And, uh, just amazingly, brother Keith, uh, God had already been working in Owen's heart. Wow. Um, 
when I sat my wife down to explain, look, this is what God's put on my heart, she was not in the least bit surprised, yeah. uh, actually. Her response was, when you came back from Zimbabwe in 2020, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Which she knew something that I didn't know, because in, in all honesty, that was not part of, of that trip yeah. in 2020. That wasn't something that was uh, really taking place in my heart. I yeah. saw myself at Cornerstone long-term. But when I told Owen, Brother Keith, Owen nodded his head and said, yeah, I know. Wow. He, he said that the Lord had already been at work in his heart something? about something of this nature. I don't even know how to explain that. But that also has a lot to do with his sensitivity to the Lord yes. and with his relationship with yes. the Lord. And it's not that I don't think that there are things that parents and that families can do to be proactive in preparing their children for this big transition. But look, by the time you're 16, um, even though you don't have your independence, you have a certain measure of spiritual autonomy. Yes, uh, nobody can have a walk for God, a walk with God for you at that stage in life. That's right. And if Owen didn't come with his heart, he yeah. wouldn't have come with his heart. Yeah, he would have come, and it would have been miserable. And instead, he has jumped in with both feet. Amen. He has participated in the ministry. He's had a great attitude Amen. about the transition, and so that's a blessing. I've also got a 10, 9, and 7-year-old. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, they were sort of uh, oblivious to, to, yeah. the, the, uh, to the bigness of this. Yeah. Um, the, there was a certain romance for them, an adventure for them. Getting to visit churches on deputation was exciting for yeah. them. Uh, getting to ride an air, in an airplane uh, was exciting for yeah. them. So there were all these firsts. It's and, an adventure. And, oh yeah, yeah and, yeah. and we, you know, we we want it to be an adventure. Sure, sure. It's an adventure for us, and it's an adventure for them. One of the things that has been a blessing that I didn't really know would would develop uh, to this extent is. Um, uh, none of my little kids are online. It's not like they can exchange emails and that right. kind of thing. But um, there are some there are some kids in our church that have been writing letters. Just uh, their parents have been screenshotting those letters, sending Amen. them to either myself or my wife. And so the kids have some pen pals, and because of technology being what it is, yes. and the postal service being what it is. Yeah. They're able to have uh, nearly real-time written communication yes, yes. in a way that uh, that works for them without without immersing them in a digital yeah, world. So that's been a treat. Yeah, good. With with our family, the the first three, our oldest three, they were kind of before the dot com type of thing, you know. And sure. so, but then the the last three, and it's kind of been a blessing how it's worked out because with FaceTime and with you know uh, email and stuff like that, it's. It's as if you're there as much as it can be, you sure, know, sure. and uh, and so it just really, it really makes it special uh, that way, and it makes it so it's not so hard. I mean, we're not in the David Livingston days where, you know, when you went to the mission field, it was see you later, see you in heaven, sure, <laughs> sure, you know. So now, what what's what do you think is probably the hardest thing your wife has had to get adjusted to in Zimbabwe? Um. You know, Brother Keith, my, my wife told me an interesting thing here a, a week or two ago, uh, which which sort of was enlightening in terms of her perspective of, of relocating here. But um, my wife's very much a homebody. She she is she is at home in her domestic sphere. She yeah. does she's not big on traveling. She, right. So so all of this is like this is really a shakeup for yeah. her. But. Um, even though we're in a even though we're in a very different place and a very different culture, um, 
and we are in temporary housing, so so it's a short-term lease. Mm-hmm. But we found that the next house that we're going to live in, that's put her mind greatly to ease. But she's going to be able to establish her domestic sphere yes. so that she is comfortable, so Absolutely. that she is functional, so that she has some, some security and some stability and a routine. And from that standpoint, as far as me going to uh, as far as as far as me taking her to a new church mm-hmm. say um even solid rock baptist church there in chipingi we've Which been two hours away yeah. two hour drive we've yeah. been attending brother porter's church since we got here or to um the masvingo province where i preached a, a conference um around the resurrection weekend uh the way she puts it it's not that dramatic for her because she She's been doing this for the last year, going to yeah. churches where she didn't right. know anybody. Right. You know, right. so from that standpoint, it's not that you know, it's not that it's not that different. Uh, you know, the big the big adjustment is that, as you know, here things just come a bit more difficult. Yeah. It's more difficult to sure. go about day to day things. So twice a week, um, about seven o'clock, I take her grocery shopping, mm-hmm. and she gets it done before the before the multitudes, yeah. you know, hit the stores and that kind of thing, and and we get it knocked out. But we got a pretty good routine, and I think she's adjusted pretty That's well. That's great. What What do you think is the hardest thing you've had to adjust to? Um. Well, I feel like I'm still adjusting. I think it's almost <laughs> I, I think it's almost premature for me to stay, say what is the hardest thing. Brother Keith, there are so many. We, so, so we're six weeks, mm-hmm. and the first four weeks at least, we're almost every day just going into town doing personal work one on one, which is a blast, which is a thrill. Um, but it also, there are so many open doors. Um, I, I, I see the importance of learning the Shona language. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes with its own challenges. Uh, this is there's no complaint here, but we can communicate in. English. Yes. And uh, that is a blessing. It's a two-edged sword. That's sure. a blessing, but it's also a hindrance to us mm-hmm. actually learning the local tribal tongue. Yeah. Um, so I think just trying to manage my time and apply myself to the things that which are most needful mm-hmm. and uh, to have the wisdom uh, not to walk through certain open doors because there are there are really more opportunities yes. than we can capitalize yes. on at this at this stage. So yeah. I think the challenge for me is going to figure out going to be uh, trying to identify what is the best allocation yeah. of my time, energy, and resources, yeah. and not overextending myself. Yeah, I remember when I faced that same thing in my life. Um, you know, as you said, the opportunities are so endless it 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 almost blows your mind because you just you could literally be someplace different every day and more than once a day and and i remember and and i've shared this with our listeners before um but i remember an evangelist came through um uganda here uh with a medical team and i i shared that with him i mean i was i was broken because i'm I'm am i doing enough could i not be could i should i be doing more and and, uh, and he, he showed me in uh, John chapter 17, uh, where Jesus Christ uh, was talking to his father, and he says, Father, I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work you gave me to do. And he said, Keith, he says, you need to find the work God's given you to do and not worry about everybody else's work. And you, you can't, your work is not Uganda. Your work is not uh, Masaka District. Your work, your work is here. It is a specific work that God's given you to do and you concentrate on finishing that work. 
And, uh, and because otherwise, I mean, just from here to Kampala is a two hour drive, our capital city. And you just pass village after village after village, every one of them need the gospel. And, and you, you just, you just go berserk, you know, trying to figure out how, how am I going to do all this? And, uh, and, and you just have to realize you're one man, you're, you're one person and you can only do what God's called you to do. And, uh, and that really helped me out, helped me out a lot. There's great wisdom in that. I, I'm keenly aware that at this juncture, I mean, we're six months, six weeks in, hmm. I'm keenly aware that right now, all that I do virtually establish, establishes patterns and precedents. Yes. And these are going to become standards for potentially years of ministry. So getting it right up front, absolutely. Is, there's a, there's, there's a lot at stake. Yeah. And so I'm trying that I'm not, uh, I'm not burdened by that, you know. I'm not overwhelmed by that. Yeah. I'm just uh, trying to be sensitive, and and uh, right. I, I really want to get it right. Yeah. And and the and the advantage that you have is having Jeff there, and uh, you know, being able to pick his brain, and you know, because I mean, as much as Zimbabwe is a third world country like Uganda is, it's still a different country and, sure. and different culture, different ways of doing things, and uh, and and you can learn from him as well. So. Amen. But now, just in conclusion, we'll finish this up. Um, our, our, as you've heard, and I've explained to you, my purpose for this program is to encourage people to always abound in the work of the Lord. And uh, we're, we live in a day where it almost seems as if people are looking forward to retirement and looking forward to the day when they can just sit back and, and let, the, let everybody else do it. And yet the Bible says we need to always be abounding. What are, what are some things in your life that encourage you? I mean, you're, um, you're middle-aged, and uh, you, were, you were, in a, as far as I understand, you were comfortable. You were an assistant pastor in a great church, a great pastor. It, it was going well, and yet God burned your heart and said, you know what, I, I need to do more. I, I need to go beyond my comfort. I need to go beyond that zone that I find myself in. And, and do something more for the Lord. What, what inspires you or what is it that motivates you to always abound in the work of the Lord? Well, Brother Keith, I am perpetually and forever overwhelmed by the grace of God and that the Lord lets me do anything for yes. Him. I mean, I'm just still, I, I just, brother, I'm having the time of my life. I can't believe the Lord lets me do, lets me do this or anything mm-hmm. for Him. I'm, yes. I'm still just overwhelmed by the grace of God. Um, you know, walking with the Lord is the, is absolutely the most important thing, having a sensitivity to Him, being willing and submitted to do whatever it is that He wants you to do. And, you know, brother, sometimes that's, sometimes that's less adventurous, and, and uh, obedience isn't always adventurous. Yeah. Um, Carthage, as you described, is a pretty sleepy place as far as places go. Yeah. Um, but that is doubtlessly where the Lord wanted me yes. for almost the last four years. And uh, God made it just as clear that this is where Zimbabwe is where God wants me mm. right now. And uh, just to be, to be walking with him and, and to get a, it, th- this is, it's, it's, um, it's self-perpetuating. It's, it's a, it's a reciprocal thing that the, the fact that you, you walk in by faith some you don't get all of the information up up front, mm-hmm. but when you can look back, when you can look back and see that God has yes. has opened these doors and He has made the way yes. straight and plain, 
um, and it ju- it keeps you motivated yes. to keep living for Him, and yes. it is it's it's a joy. There's nothing like living Amen. for God. It's not a drag. It's not a uh, it's it's not wearisome. Yes. Uh, his yoke is easy. His Amen. burden is light. Yes, and uh, it's a joy to get to it's a joy to get to serve Him and live for Him. Amen. I'm just having a good time. Amen. Wonderful. Now, um, I try to whenever I hear of some uh, a a podcast, you know, there's there's literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out sure. there, and uh, and trying to find those that are good, trying to find those that are worth listening to is is kind of hard uh, as far as, you know, our our realm or, you know, the way we're thinking. Uh, you have a podcast. Uh, tell us about that podcast and what, what you do with that podcast and when it comes on. Just give our listeners an idea. Maybe they can add that podcast sure. to... Uh, to their list of subscribe podcasts. Well, the podcast is called Great Commission Conversations. Um, it is almost always an interview uh, format, mm-hmm. and basically, I got my uh, education in missions from sitting down with missionaries and occasionally pastors. Mm-hmm. They're informed about missions, that are burdened about missions, that that take seriously the Great Commission, and just asking questions. That's yes. how I got my education in missions, and that is what fueled and motivated uh, a greater zeal and mm-hmm. interest in missions. And so when I was just contemplating uh, an outlet to, to, to do more, to, to, to promote the concept of the Great Commission, and... Not only the the Great Commission, but but the Great Commission thoughtfully and yeah. intelligently, not just fly by the seat of our pants and let's just go, you know. But but how can we how can we be as effective and fruitful and obedient to the Lord as possible? Let's think uh, carefully about scriptural yes. principles and methods of missions. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I don't think that. Uh, that has not always been Bible-believing, independent Baptist strong suits. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thinking through some of these sure, things. Sure, The zeal is present. Yeah. Um, the, the awareness of the need is present. Mm-hmm. But uh, thinking more carefully about uh, our methods and about yes. our philosophy of missions has not always been our strong suit. So um, the Lord put it on my heart to, to do this podcast, sit down with seasoned men who are invested in the Great Commission mm-hmm. and who are... Uh, experienced in the work of missions, who are going about the thing thoughtfully, and uh, just to pick those men's brains. And interestingly enough, the very first program that I did on Great Commission Conversations was recorded in Lewis Trichard, uh, South Africa, with Jeffrey Porter. No kidding. Uh, yeah, strangely enough, and and to see how the Lord the Lord's actually used the podcast in my life wow. as He's worked in my heart and dealt with me about some things. Uh, my interview with you about mm-hmm. um, about indigenous church planting principles is my favorite interview that I've done on church planting. Mm. It it was tremendously helpful because you you've really you simplified some. I've read Roland Allen and I've read John Nevius and I've read uh, Melvin Hodges and I'm aware of of, mm. of the issue. 
you sort of helped to simplify that and, and put that in very understandable terms. So I, I thought that was a benefit. So I just have a great time talking to men mm-hmm. about different issues, sometimes pastors, mm-hmm. uh, usually missionaries. And it's been a blessing. And uh, so I appreciate you mentioning the podcast on your podcast, greatcommissionconversations.com, mm-hmm. or uh, your listeners can also search for that in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, sure. and other similar. Uh, how often do you uh, upload those? Well, it was, I don't know how often it will be now that okay. I'm here. Um, yeah. I, I still have uh, not um, established a, a, a setting where I can really do this. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how frequent it will be. I just recorded my first pro- podcast since coming to Africa yes. today with Thomas Irvin, okay. a two-part uh, podcast on the first year, because Brother Thomas was one of my first podcasts on the subject of deputation. Yes. So we'll see how frequently uh, it, it goes yeah, on. Yeah, I heard the podcast that you did down there that was not an interview. It was just letting everybody know what's right what's going on and stuff so so and i may do i may do a few solo podcasts yeah. in, in coming up i would like to take uh maybe some bite-sized uh, uh lessons on basically missiology 101 I, yeah. I think that might be beneficial to our sure. listeners so but um we'll see how it goes but there's a lot of good content available. did thomas teach you that word or did you know that word I taught Thomas that word. You taught Thomas that <laughs> word. <laughs> I remember he, he said, I want you to, this is Thomas Irvin. He says, I want you to come do a podcast with me. And the subject is missiology. I, wrote, I texted him back. I said, what in the world is that? I never heard of that word. He says, uh, he says, oh, that's the study of missions. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Th- Thomas and I, we, we, we help each other with vocabulary. I'm not sure who, who, which of us was the first one to adopt that and, that's and utilize that word. That's yeah. hilarious. Well, praise the Lord. So great commission conversations. And uh, I've been telling uh, Brother Lee about a, a, a podcast system I have here that uh, you can actually uh call people and so maybe that you know uh i've i've thought about calling you know missionaries in mexico and canada and in the and and even pastors in the states you know just you know bring them up to date and stuff and so i don't know how is how's the cell service there in zimbabwe is it pretty stable the city that we're in it's it's pretty stable they sometimes have network uh issues i'm not sure we have we have wi-fi where we live Mm -hmm. um it's uh Somewhat stable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's yet to be determined if it's uh, if it's sufficiently stable to yeah. do a remote interview right. back to the U.S. or other parts of the world. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Well, amen. Well, Brother Lee, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, and My thank pleasure. you for dedicating your life to the Lord. We'll be. I've been praying for you every day, and uh, praying that God use you there in Zimbabwe, and, and looking forward to great things happening down there. And be sure to tell Jeff Porter hello for me, and yes, give him a good hug on the neck. Uh, does he drink coffee? He is a coffee drinker. Good, because I got a couple of things of coffee to send with you ah, for him. The Lord. And Good. Uh, so it's sitting on my shelf at home, but I couldn't remember if he if he uh, partook in he in coffee. So oh, yes. uh, get that sent to you as, as, as well. But thank you so much. And uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope today was a challenge and a blessing to you. Uh, here's another man that has dedicated his life to always abounding in the work of the Lord. And uh, I hope that you'll take him as an example and, and realize it, it, you're never too old uh, to surrender your life to the Lord for whatever he wants. God may use you on the mission field. 
He may not. He may uh, use you to start a church in America. He may not, but be willing, be surrendered to that, and uh, you never know what God would have you to do. But wherever it is that God has you served, let me encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let me encourage you, if you have not done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Every Friday, we upload a new podcast for your enjoyment, and I hope for your encouragement as well. And uh, don't forget, if you don't mind, uh, leave a comment there on the podcast, as well as leave a rating on there to help uh, get us out a little bit more and encourage other people to listen to the podcast as well. God bless you so much. Thank you for inviting us into your life today, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next Friday. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord.